So big welcome to everyone. Welcome to New Church Live. Great to have you joining us wherever you're joining us from. Thank you for being part of our congregation this morning as we join you from the southeastern part of Pennsylvania in the little borough of Bernathan, Pennsylvania. Great to have you here. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. Wonderful wherever you're joining us from, and we have a terrific service ahead for you. And to get us all started, we have Angela joining us on video for our morning announcements. Angela. Good morning and welcome to New Church Live. My name is Angela Cooper and I work here helping connect people to the New Church Live community and all the things that happen here at New Church Live. So I want to welcome you and update you on a few things that we've been working on the last handful of weeks. Um, I told you last week was the last week to contribute to our meat donation. We have a local farmer who has a farm and he is helping us. We've been donating and collected donations to um, get some meat delivered to some local community service organizations. So we finished that up last week. We were able to raise $350 um, and we are collecting the meat this week. And then we have two parishioners who are going to be donating it to some local um, organizations through Helping Hands Northeast and they are so excited to receive those donations. Having high quality meat is something that's often in high demand. They don't get it very often. So thank you to everybody who contributed and supported this initiative. Um, we also promised to donate a matching gift um, and we did that to Heifer International. We were able to donate some livestock to their organization and they help farmers all around the, the world um, kind of lift themselves and their communities out of poverty through these livestock donations. They, you know, use them on their farm and they, you know, support the local um, community there. So thank you to everybody who contributed. It was a really well-received um, collection and I'm sure we will do it again in the future. Or if you have other ideas for things like this, we'd love to support um, and continue this type of momentum. So thank you everybody who contributed and supported. Um, we also are in the middle of a back to school drive. It's that time of year we're starting to get the engine going to start thinking about back to school. So we've been collecting some back to school items and we are we have two more weeks of that. We are closing down um, collection on August 15th. So if you live locally, you can donate to New Church Live either at the office or at church on Sunday through August 15th, which is a Sunday. Or if you live outside of this area, um, we have a Amazon wish list item uh, list that is in our newsletter each week. Um, it's posted on our Facebook page. Um, so if you want to contribute, you can order items and have them delivered. And we've had a lot of people take advantage of that as well. Uh, but again, we're hoping to have all those collected by August 15th so that we can donate them on the 16th locally to Gemma Services. We will also support Kids in Need Foundation, which is a, or a national uh, program that supports teachers um, all around the country. So thank you to everybody who's donated so far. You have a little bit more time um, and the items are simple. Backpacks, folders, um, composition notebooks, glue sticks, um, you know, those type of items that all classrooms are using. So thank you everybody for donating so far. And we will just have these last couple weeks as a push to finish this initiative. Um, and then the next thing I want to mention is that we are actually looking for a volunteer coordinator. We're hiring somebody for a handful of hours a week to help, you know, 
create this infrastructure for this Sunday experience. So if you live locally and you're interested in applying for or learning more about the job, um, we have a job description worked up. It's about three to five hours per week, and it's helping run the volunteer machine that happens here on Sundays. So we're really interested in reaching out to people. It's a great opportunity for some part-time work um, kind of on off hours. So it's on Sundays and then just a couple of hours remotely during the week. So if you're interested in learning more, um, you can email me and I can get you the job description. We really would love for anybody that's interested in applying to reach out for more information. And then the last thing I want to mention is that we um, are relying on everyone's donations, their financial support to run everything that happens here at New Church Live. So if you're interested in making a donation, we encourage anybody who's watching this service, whether you're watching it live, whether you're watching it back at the, you know, later on in the week, or maybe you're watching it, you know, months later, we just encourage you to think about making a donation to New Church Live. Um, everything that happens here, all of the community service initiatives, all of the Sunday streaming, all of the, um, you know, music, pastoral work from Pastor Chuck, all of the messaging, everything happens by your donations. So we encourage you to make a donation by texting the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. And you can make a donation that way. And the best thing you can do is set up a reoccurring donation because that slow, steady, you know, stream of income really helps us plan out our year and have a foundation of support uh, providing, you know, all the resources necessary to run New Church Live. So we would encourage you to think about setting up a reoccurring donation. You can do it the same way I just mentioned. Um, and if you have any questions about anything here at New Church Live, I'm going to put my email address down below, um, or you can go to our website. We have a contact form and I check all of those. Everyone that comes through comes to me and I make sure that everybody gets the answers they need. So thank you all for being here. Welcome to New Church Live. Enjoy your Sunday and uh, thanks everyone. So I want to say hello, I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to have you joining us today here at New Church Live. And, and a quick thought for you folks, just, just a smile. Again, we know we have folks joining us from all over, all different ages and stages, as they say. And I, I had a wedding yesterday. I was sitting down with a young man talking to me, really loved the wedding. And he was like, you know, Pastor Chuck, that wedding service was so good, I almost want to go back to church again. <laughs> and I thought, oh, we almost had him. So if you are here and it's just like, I haven't been in church in a while, don't worry. The walls are not going to collapse. It is just great to have you joining us here today, wherever that might be from. You know, I was talking to a parishioner on a call from Maryland, and she said, you know, one of the things I find about church is, is that you know, it's like when you finally smell something really good cooking and that makes you hungry. And, and she said, that's church for her. And I love that idea. Like the church should be something where you, you just smell something good cooking. And, and it's, it's, wow, there's something there. There's something about purpose. There's something about use. There's something about meaning. And maybe that creates a little hunger. Maybe even a hunger we didn't know we had. So regardless of where you're joining us from or whatever stage of life you're in, it is great to have you here. And our musicians are gonna get started here. And from me, from our team, from everyone across the US who's joining us here today, welcome to New Church Live. The brothers are good. Great to have again you folks joining us today and, and a really fun service ahead today, uh, taking a look 
at this last part of Romans. This is our conclusion of our little summer Bible study, which is hard to imagine summer's gone that fast, right? And, and it's, 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 we're going to look at something, and I hope I leave you just seeing it a little differently. And, and somebody already texted me this morning right after the announcements and said, great analogy, I'm hungry. So, so I hope you're joining us with a little hunger, because today you'll see some things, I think, maybe in a slightly different way. And, and I feel like so much of the life of faith it's not these radical leaps. I mean, we all kind of want that, right? The radical leap where all of a sudden life was this way. Radical leap, everything, all problems go away because we see the world all differently. And it's not, you know? Change happens drip by drip. And today, hopefully, we're just adding to that a little bit. Just, just one more little shift that can help us maybe find a new way to see the world, draw closer to God, draw closer to community, and draw closer to who you actually truly are returning you back to yourself as you were made. And, and what we're doing with, with, as we've been looking at the book of Romans is, is coming at it as, because you have a history teacher as a pastor, uh, coming at it from a historical perspective of sorts. And it's the idea, and we've, set, we've started every week this way, that, that Rome has all these beautiful parts of its culture, as we see in all of these beautiful ruins, these ancient Roman ruins that still stand today. Somebody was asking, <laughs> it was a great question, when I was talking to somebody about this sermon yesterday, they said, how come the Romans could build roads that are still lasting and I-95 is under construction forever? I thought, yes, there is a good question. And they did. They created amazingly beautiful things. And it's important to remember that that culture was also one of the most brutal cultures that we've experienced in human history. You can see that by the Colosseum, the gladiator battles, Christians fed the lions, all that crazy, crazy stuff that happened. And it's interesting because here's Paul writing to this small little church in Rome Literally in the beast of, in the midst of this, this, this incredibly aggressive, um, harsh culture that had actually killed Jesus. And folks, not one time, not once, does he have the line in what he writes, fight the Romans. Now that might not strike you as huge. For me as a history guy, that's immense. Because what he's talking about is he's setting the seeds here for what in the Christian perspective is called the third way. It's not fight, it's not flight. It's not a polarity. It's how do we sit where we are in life and find this third way. And listen to this phrase, just let this kind of wash over you. It's where we find moral imagination. We take what's true, we take those moral virtues, but we, we live them into a new imagination, into a new hope of sorts, which we looked at a couple weeks ago. It's actually incredible that he doesn't write, fight the Romans. And it's actually a miracle of many of the things he does write. Now, if you've ever worked your way through any of the parts that Paul wrote, if you're a, a Bible scholar of sorts, a lot of it is dense, much of it way too hard for me to understand, <laughs> you know, frankly. And then he has these little bits, which is where we've been looking at, these little bits where he puts it so succinctly and so directly that it just screams, oh yeah, that's true. 
As we said last week, much of church is reminding. The best sermons always tell you what you already knew. You are just hearing it for the first time. And today is very much that way. So as I read this, I want you listening for two things. I want you to hear how he talks about variety. That's big. New church, key concept. Variety is perfection. Variety is perfection. And then the second thing I want you listening for is how he talks about gifts. So here we go, folks. This is from, from Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, and the word mercy there, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, mercy is, really means womb-like mother love, which I love that phrase. To offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So there he's talking about incarnation. Your job is to live this stuff fully. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Interesting. Doesn't put the problem out there. It says something in here has got to happen. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than others, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, what in the new church we would call the grand human, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many and we form one body from many one. It's a little echo of e pluribus unum there. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If someone's gift is prophesying, let them prophesy. If it is serving, let them serve. If it is teaching, let them teach. If it is encouraging, and we're going to be coming back to the word encouragement, encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let them lead. If it's mercy, let them show that cheerfully. So I, I want to talk about, about some parts of that that I think are, are really significant. And the first is this line. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, now, now think about the patterns of the world they were seeing. They were seeing a world very much in the form, of, in the shape of a triangle. All power flowing down. A, 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 a culture that just, that just I, I can't even imagine the fear you would live in in Roman culture. As in many cultures of that time, life was very tenuous. And so it would have been easy to try to conform yourself to that pattern of things and to allow fear to drive you and, and to sort of allow fear to kind of shape and mold and create your life. And here, in a line we might miss, Paul goes, ah, give up that stuff. Allow this to happen. Allow a transformation to take place by the renewing of your mind learning to think in new ways. What we call here regeneration, recreation, a new will. 
It's an incredibly powerful perspective to have. And, and we can see again a third way. Just imagine all these people who are wondering, well, how do, I, how do I feed my families? Or how do we fight the Romans? Or how do I protect? How do blah, 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 blah. And he's going like, all right, the work folks, that might be part of it, granted. The true work is in transforming your minds. Renewing how you think. Can you imagine with me how radical that is? What an incredible shift in those words. And then it comes down to this beautiful list of gifts, prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, mercy. Those gifts, folks, are incredibly significant to look at. And it's, it's, it's important to understand how he is showing these gifts. And and I want to give you a perspective on it, and then I want to talk about how this actually can show up. I think a lot of the time, one of the challenges as, as a pastor, you know, frankly, is, is there's some places where it's, there's real easy stuff to say, real easy stuff to say. And then there's other parts that, that you know you have to say, but they're not exactly pleasant <laughs> to say or pleasant to share, both because you as a pastor or me as a pastor has a hard time living up to them, and they can easily be mistranslated when they're heard. I wanna share one of those with you. Life is not all about feeling good. Life is not all about feeling good. We live in a culture where we can talk about gifts, and so much of our perspective on gifts is this idea of let's list all your gifts. What are all the things you have? And it's, it's easy to kind of think of it like coins in your pocket. What are all the coins you can stuff into your pocket? And many times we can, we can understand this or, or trip up over this. You know, the idea, well, so-and-so doesn't feel good about themselves, so my job is to, just to stuff their pockets with more coins. But what happens if there's holes in your pockets? <laughs> Which I think happens a lot. Now please understand, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it's bad to feel good about yourself. I'm not saying that it's bad to tell people all their gifts. I think that's so incredibly important to tell people all their gifts. And when you do, please keep this line of mind. This was from the sermon writing team. It's not about reception or possession of these gifts. It's about transmission of these gifts. That's why so many of these end with ING. Here are your gifts. The question becomes, in terms of spiritual growth, what are you going to do with them? How are you going to live them? What will that look like out there into the world? And, and that's not just an individual endeavor. Yes, of course, that has parts of, of, of me as a person, like what are, what are my gifts and then how do I live those out there? And then it's important to stand in other places too, to stand in places where we understand, okay, what are gifts of our community, of our families, and how do we share those out there into the world? 
How do we make, how do we take this and really understand our job is to transmit it? To share it. Very different perspective. And I think it's one that, that again, can be deeply life-changing. We know that if we, if we don't do that and we get stuck back in this place where it's just about my own individual gifts and just, just taking like this, this constant inventory of what my gifts are, what my gifts are, what my gifts are, but, but it's like just counting money without spending it. it. You know, we can get tripped up. Here's, here's an important concept I want to share with you about gifts. The gifts are not instrumental ways for us to only feel better about ourselves. It's not why you're gifted. The gifts are that we have good work to do that is so much more important than ourselves. We really have this work to do. And once we can kind of get ourselves, ourselves out of the way, the work just, boy, it gets to be so good. Because that, that self has been pushed to the side a little bit. And again, please don't hear that as in, as in uh, you know, all self-esteem is bad. From a new church perspective, an appropriate love of self centered around self-confidence, centered around gifts, is, is referred to as the foundation of life. It's the foundation of life, but it's not the destination. That's subtle. And it's incredibly important. Let's just play around with this, with this a bit. Imagine that we raised our children, and in raising our children, our whole point was to raise children because they would make us feel good about ourselves. If you haven't had kids, you're in for a big disappointment. Right? Who wants kids who look like this? It's, it's so easy to like, I'm going to create this kid. I'm going to create them in my own image. And I'm going to, you know, and, and then they'll reflect back and it'll just make me feel good about me. You can see where that gets off the rails. You can see where that gets off the rails. Now, obviously, you know, for our children, you know, we can take such great joy in our children. Great joy in their accomplishments. Great joy in their gifts. Great joy in their exercise of those gifts. Next week, my daughter gets married. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a celebration. That's going to be something to watch. And I know I'm going to feel great as a parent. But I didn't raise her. And my wife joins me with this. We didn't raise them so that we could feel good. <laughs> you know, we raised them so that they could make a difference. Even with our marriages, folks, like I like this, this cartoon from the New Yorker. Imagine a marriage where it was all about one partner and, and one partner holding the other partner's job is to make them feel good. This New Yorker cartoon says, sometimes, sometimes you act like you're the only narcissist in this marriage. I like that New Yorker cartoon. Because we have to have this sense of giving. Now, as the musicians come out here for our middle song, you don't want to like leave stuck on that because there is a new way to look at it. 
that can incorporate gifts, yes, into these great feelings inside of ourselves, these real positive emotions and all that, as well as being able to understand how this transmission thing might work and how it might actually look like in your life to live from this slightly different view of what a gift is and what a gift is all about. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What a great song. Thank you, Ethan. That was beautiful. You know, it's, it's interesting thinking about gifts and, and how we can hold gifts in a, in a different way. And I know for me, I, I always thought gifts were these finite things, and once you were done, kind of the cupboard would be bare. And they're not. I think when we really live into the gifts God has given us, we really allow God to live through those gifts. Boy, there's no end to it. There's just no end to it. Let's, let's think about this. And I'd ask you to take a screenshot of this. The gifts are that we have good work to do that is so much more important than ourselves. We have good work to do. It's so much more important than ourselves. And again, don't treat it as binary. Don't think about myself over here. I have good works over here. No, it's, it's just saying keep them in the right order. Live into them as best you can. I think one way to get at this, folks, is just a, a simple, a simple, simple piece of theology. End cause effect. Now, now, many times in life, what I do is, you know, here's the end and then we have the cause, and then we have the effect over here. And so much of, of my life judges everything by the effect, especially if it's fun or entertaining. Not that worried about ends, not that worried about the big picture, not that worried about the purpose, just totally consumed about what the effect is. Like, will I feel good for the moment? Even, even at, this, at this wedding yesterday, I'm constantly trying to like not eat as much. And, and they came around as, I say this a lot, but, but my, my like kryptonite is bacon-wrapped scallops. And, and they came around with those things like five times, you know? And guess how many times I said yes? Five. I would have said six. You know, it's, 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 that's just how we do it, right? We, we visualize on that effect, and then we justify all upstream. I'll have five bacon wrapped scallops and not eat breakfast tomorrow. It's not the way we're asked to think. And, and again, it's not about shaming. It's not about saying uh, you can't do that. It's, it's about progress, not perfection. It's about understanding when we do that and then walking our way back upstream to think, well, what's the end? What's, what's the point? What's the purpose? What's the purpose here? It's interesting when we start to think from ends because the greatest of God's ends, the greatest of God's ends is this, very simply put, a heaven from the human race. A heaven from the human race. And it's not a journey that we're thinking of going on, it's a journey that actually we are living in. We're here. Heaven from the human race, we're working on that now. We're living in that now. 
That's why, you know, one of the most radical statements, I think, of all of the Bible comes out of the Jewish tradition, the Old Testament, where when mankind was created, God said, I'm going to make you in, in God's image and likeness. I mean, just think about that for a second. I mean, he preached on that a bunch, but wow. They're already made in God's image and likeness. And that heaven that we're to live, you know, heaven from the human race, it means that somehow in all these pieces of humanity, all this twisted up stuff, all this beautiful stuff, all this hard stuff, like somehow that's the stuff, that's the matrix out of which heaven is. We have to start from that end. Like, all right, it's about a heaven from the human race. Which is a little bit bigger than our, just our private little lives. It's interesting, folks, if, if we start to, to think about that, how can that work? What does it look like to, to get clear on the end? And, and you know, it's, it's, this weekend was, it was a lot on my mind this weekend with having two baptisms and a wedding. And with, with weddings, it's, 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 you know, with beautiful couples, with wonderful couples, trying to very gently remind them that the end, the goal, is not to feel in love. The end, the goal, the purpose, is to learn to be loving. Because I know, statistically, feeling in love lasts 18 months. It's an Ohio State study. I don't know why they studied that, but 18 months. And that end of being loving is eternal. We work on that over and over and over again. What about with our children? What about with our children? It was interesting. I was reading this, this recent study. It's gotten a lot of press. Some of you may have heard it on the radio or read it. And it's, it's subtle. This, this, this psychiatrist was talking about a subtle shift in parenting. He said, you know, parenting of old, and, and again, not the parenting of old was perfect. That's not true. I don't want to leave anybody with that impression. It's just an interesting perspective. He said, parenting of old, the primary end was to create independent people who could make a difference in the world. And he said, parenting today is really focused on making sure our children always feel loved. And, and my binary brain goes like, well, does that mean that our kids aren't to feel loved? No, of course not. Of course not. We build a ship. We build a boat. But the point of the boat is not to just stay in the harbor. The point of the boat is so that the boat has its own journey. Part of the baptism yesterday, and by the way, I know we have a lot of online folks, I do travel to do baptisms. Part of the baptism was yesterday, you know, uh, the, the bride worked with this wonderful family, this is their second child who's been baptized, uh, and she was talking about her grandmother who had just passed, a grandmother she loved, and she had, she, had knelt this, knelt, she had knitted this beautiful quilt. This is not the quilt. This is just a prop, just so you know. I wouldn't take that from her, but, but here's this beautiful quilt, this beautiful thing that, that her grandmother had knit for her daughter before she passed. 
And, and I was thinking about, and this is what I was talking about, imagine, imagine wrapping your child in this blanket, literal and figurative. And every day, you wrap it, and you say this in your mind, you're loved, and be the blessing. You're loved, and be the blessing. I think, I think, that's what Paul is driving at here. I think that's the kind of world that we're supposed to live into. And, and can we even see it, folks, that, that maybe, and this was brought up again by the sermon writing team, and I loved this analogy. They said, yeah, maybe, maybe it's kind of like the circulatory system where we're working on letting God flow through us. And sometimes there's these tiny little capillaries that allow one blood cell at a time to go through. Like, they're so tiny, they're, they're almost invisible, like they're, they're hairs. They're like hairs. They're right at your finger. Like you can look at them right now, they're right in your fingertips. But those capillaries, those bringing those things down into its smallest little piece, they give you warm hands. <laughs> they give you the color in your face. They give you the sense of touch even. So yeah, we, we, take, we take those big parts, but then, but then we migrate them down into smaller and smaller, finer and finer pieces where we care about each other. In little, insignificant, but amazingly beautiful ways. What can happen then, I think, is this. I, I think with the gifts, with the gifts. What if we were to do this with this new gifting perspective? We were learn to rejoice right there. You know, here's this gift and it's, it's this movement. It's this movement. Here's this gift. I'm gonna rejoice right here in this movement and I'm actually gonna get lost in it. I'm actually gonna get lost. Now, it's not literally lost. It's, it's that ego part of me gets lost. But my ego can't find its way around this because the ego has to make it all about itself. And it shows up in a neighborhood where it's not all about itself. And the ego goes, I'm lost. And doesn't that feel good? But we're just lost in the activity. And we're lost in the activity for its own sake. We're lost in the activity for its own sake. Imagine a world, folks, again, with how this works, where it's not seeing gifts as instrumental things. It's not you're given a gift so that you can have an escape plan from earth. Here's all your goodies. We're going to put lots of coins in your pocket, and then you'll be able to climb right out of here. It's instead of a ladder that goes up. It's a ladder that comes down. The most famous little biblical stories, Jacob's ladder, it is really significant that the angels were not starting out going from earth up to heaven. The very beginning point was going from heaven to earth. Carl Jung, how do I descend the many ladders 
to this. And he says this with a smile, by the way. He's, how do I descend these many ladders down to this little clod of earth that I am? This little clod of earth that I am. That, folks, if we can get that shift, that it's not about earning heaven and moving up. Please listen carefully to that. It's not about earning heaven and moving up. It's about acknowledging heaven and bringing that down. And we acknowledge heaven. We get that, of course, God's given you all gifts. I mean, I know many of you, and you're incredibly gifted. Let's acknowledge that, and now let's bring it down. Let's take what's up here, and let's bring it down, and let's plant it, and let's, let's cultivate the soil, and let's take care of it, and let's invest ourselves in it, and let's find ways for it to grow. Not growing as a private possession, but, but, but growing it as a shared purpose. The grand human, each with our bit to play, play it. Each with our bit to do, do it. Some of it's going to be very small and fine capillaries. Some of it's going to be big like the aorta. Doesn't matter. Find that place, let it flow. And where do we find ourselves as a closing word to this series? We find ourselves here, bringing heaven down to earth. Another way to say that exact same thing, as in heaven, so upon the earth, is to say we are here learning about living God's future now. Remember God's future, the point, the end, the aim? A heaven from the human race? There you go. Living God's future now. It's a powerful place to be. So, with that, friends, joining us online or here in person, are you ready to practice this? Yeah. All right. So we're going to do a little practice here. So I love one of these gifts. Its name is encourage, right? And, and the word encourage was fascinating to look up. The word encourage doesn't mean like you're way back in the bleachers with the signs, right? The word encourage means you're down in the arena, and it, actually the word means to draw alongside of. Isn't that good? Encouragement is when we draw alongside of our brothers and our sisters, and we hold out a little glass of water, and we give them a little bit of encouragement. So what I want us to do is we're going to put up a timer here, a 60-second timer. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to just take 60 seconds, take out your phone, and shoot someone a little note of encouragement. All right? Please take 60 seconds and do that. All right. Marcus just sent me encouragement to turn off my microphone when he's singing. So, so... You know, hopefully you folks had some fun with that, with that encouragement. And, and I love that idea, right? Like just, I mean, that's what the gifts are about. I think encouragement kind of holds a lot of them, right? It's about drawing alongside of. How do we draw alongside of each other? Boy, that's a community. That's the grand human.
And let this sink in. That's heaven. Not there and then. That's heaven here and now. Let's be those gifts this week, my friends. Amen. What we're going to do now is now we're going to go through, as we close our service, we're going to go through a prayer, then the Our Father prayer, and then we're going to close with a little blessing and then our final song. So, please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, thank you for this walk we have taken this summer through Romans. Thank you for the insights, the laughter, for the tears, for the ways that we may have been able to change ever so slightly. And thank you, as always, for this, that we've been able to do it together. Boy, what a blessing that is. How good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together, as you say. Help us, Lord, over the week ahead to really work at just taking those gifts, acknowledging them, and bringing them from heaven down to earth, living them, sharing them, experiencing them, allowing them to flow, getting ourselves out of the way, remembering that these good gifts are so much more important than our private battle around self-esteem. Help us to be in that place, Lord, and get lost in it. What a strange thing to ask. <laughs> to get lost, but maybe we can do that at least once this week. Be with us, Lord. Your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.